The Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Welcome to the program. I'm Andy. Thanks for tuning in today. Big rally going on downtown right now. Wish I could be there, but I'm here on the radio, and uh, I'm going to head over there as soon as I can uh, when I get my duties done here at KDXU. But uh, it's a uh, walk to raise awareness for child trafficking and the reality that it is in this world. Uh, Tim Ballard is uh, there. In fact, he may be speaking any moment now. Uh, Julianne Huff, Derek Huff are there, Dancing with Stars, uh, professional dancers. Uh, they have uh, Sean Reyes, who is the Attorney General for uh, the state of Utah, is there as well. And, uh, yeah, I think a really incredible ca- cause is something that we can all get behind. Uh, it is uh, Thursday, Mayor Thursday. Now, we do have a mayor coming on in a little while, in about 20 minutes from now. Uh, we're going to hear for the first time on this program Enterprise Mayor Brandon Humphreys. And we'll learn a little bit more about Enterprise. Uh, you know, Enterprise, uh, kind of, it's, it's out of our consciousness a little bit. It's not on the I-15 corridor. Uh, so you might, okay, uh, yeah, Parowin, New Harmony, uh, Canary, you've got all those things that are right there by the freeway. Enterprise is kind of off the beaten path. And uh, so I'm, I'm excited to have uh, Mr. Humphreys on the air and learn a, bit, a little bit about his town. I've been to, obviously I've been there. I've been there a few times, covered some football games there. Uh, I had a friend that actually lived out there. He uh, worked in St. George. Uh, but lived in Enterprise and took the drive-in. And now I have another friend currently who lives in St. George and works in Enterprise. So kind of the reverse thing going on. So but we'll find out more. Is Enterprise just a bedroom town? It's only got an 1,800 to 2,000 uh, residents, but uh, excited to learn a lot about that here in a little while with Brandon Humphreys. That's uh, at the bottom of the hour, about 930. Uh, and, uh, again, uh, we'll uh, look forward to hearing from him. Uh, Mayor Pike will be back with us next Thursday. And uh, we'll take your calls and questions. And right now, open lines of 673-5890 for whatever's on your mind. Uh, interesting little show uh, just a little while ago with Brandon, or excuse me, with uh, Jeremy Larkin talking about the economy. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny uh, because we have this weird little, well, the word they used was dichotomy, uh, weird little feeling going on. First of all, Utah was, uh, the economy in the United States was was doing pretty well before COVID-19 hit. Uh, but it was doing especially well here in the state of Utah, uh, where unemployment was, was virtually zero, uh, and, and people were, people were, were uh, thriving, prospering. And the American dream was working. We were working hard, and we were being, being rewarded for working hard. Then COVID hit, and, you, oh, boy, you could go all the way around, you know, take, a, take an end around and talk about conspiracy theories and, you know, leftists uh, concocting this thing or at least using it for political gain. Uh, sure, that's all out there. But the truth of the matter is we, ha- we have COVID-19 hit and it shut a lot of things down. A lot of people were hurting. People were out of work. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, President Trump was a, a big advocate of trying to get things going again. And for better or for worse, COVID-19-wise, that's what we've done. We've gotten things going again. Uh, right now, we're in a little bit of an uptick in the disease, but we've also got people back to work. And, in fact, Jeremy will tell you, uh, houses, are, houses are selling faster than they are being sold. They're being offered. In other words, the... Uh, inventory of uh, houses to sell is way, way down because there's a lot of people that want to buy and not a lot of people who are selling. And then the news comes out today. Now, this is interesting. Reports show, and listen to the words used by, this is our, our, uh, our wire service provider, CBS uh, Radio. 
They call it unprecedented collapse, uh, breathtaking severity of our economy. I'm going to play you this little soundbite, and uh, I want to get your reaction, 673-5890. Get your reaction to this and uh, just kind of how you feel about how the economy is doing right now. This is Mike Bauer. Mike? The New York Times is reporting that the economic output fell at its fastest pace on record last spring thanks to the coronavirus pandemic, forcing businesses across the U.S. to close their doors and keeping millions of Americans shut in their homes for weeks. The Commerce Department said Thursday morning that the GDP, the broadest measure of goods and services sold, fell 9.5% in the second quarter of the year. On an annualized basis, the GDP then fell at a rate of 32.9%. Mike Bauer, NBC News Radio. GDP down 32.9%. Now, that's an evaluation of uh, the spring, uh, you know, uh, the second quarter through June, March through, let's see, April, May, April, May, June. Uh, GDP down 33%. That that means we're all hurting. We're all in big trouble, right? Or, or does it mean that? Let's go to the phone lines. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. What's up? We in Central... Uh, consider enterprise to be a huge metropolis. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess compared to Central, it is. It is, yes. Since I run the only retail business in Central uh, at our farmer's market, do you know who Jack Holt is? Jack Holt. I don't think I do. I'll bet you, you've eaten some of his product. Yeah? What, what is his product? His main product is uh, he sells corn. Oh, the sweet enterprise corn. I bet I have, too, then. Yes, you've been to his house, and you probably had some corn, and he provides it for all over. And, in fact, uh, this is an enterprise uh, thing. He's going to bring a trailer load of it down to uh, our intersection uh, on Saturday and sell his enterprise corn one month early. Wow, I might just have to make a trip out there to Central this weekend, then, because that sounds pretty good. Well, and and that's uh, uh, it's, it was announced yesterday, and uh, uh, even uh, we in Central have to drive uh, a round trip thirty miles. It takes an hour, and he's going to deliver it to our front door. Very nice, very nice. Love that sweet Enterprise corn. In fact, uh, they have the Scone and Corn Festival every year. It's pretty awesome. Oh, it is, and uh, we would hope that somebody enterprising might cook some enterprise. Oh, uh, that, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> if somebody would bring a griller, maybe they could grill it to put mayonnaise and, and paprika on it and some uh, cheese, uh, maybe some Parmesan and or <laughs> just straight old butter and salt and pepper. I was going to say, Seth, have highway corn. don't ruin my corn by putting mayonnaise on it, okay? I, I might be in the minority that, here, but I don't want mayonnaise on my corn. Okay, I'm just <laughs> saying that, you know, the, see, they call it street food, but we don't have any streets, so it's going to be highway food. Highway food. Now, Seth, what do you think? We're, we're talking about the economy today. Do you feel like the economy is okay here in Utah? Is it, is it good? Is it bad? What do you think? There are businesses and way too many that will never open and never return because they've been bankrupted. True. Okay, and my family is involved, and it's at that point where um, uh, my daughter's restaurant and uh, others uh, are, are hanging on by a thread. The employees are sick, have been in the past in, the, in many restaurants, and during that kind of situation, 
there's no cash flow, and the opportunities for these to go back the way it was, I think, will never happen again. Hmm. At least for the ones that are there. Now, there are new businesses forming and and like who, who found a way even in those uh, crisis situations. But this is, this is a blow worldwide that I've never seen in my many, many years on the planet. There's that word, uh, you know, unprecedented, that, unprecedented that they like to apply to that. And that certainly it is because we've never been through this. None of, none of us were around in 1918 when the, that pandem- pandemic came through. And certainly life is different now uh, than it was then uh, it, as well. Uh, phone lines are lit up, so let's, go, let's keep moving. The caller, you're on with Andy this morning. How are you today? I'm sorry, what? Hello. Yeah, Hi, go sir. ahead. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, What's I- going on? You know, Jeremy Larkin is a realtor. Yeah, that's what he does. So sure. when you're a ham, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. <laughs> and so, of course, Jeremy Larkin is. He's and he even said it. We're we're begging people to sell their house. Well, he's very myopic in his view of the economy. If that's really what he's looking at, and he admitted that there's all these people coming from other places that want to come here. They got lots of money. They want to buy houses, and so he wants to talk about just St. George or our general community, how well things are going, and yet all of his business, or most of it's being driven by people outside of our community, and so hmm. you can't have it both ways. And so the, the truth is that you said yourself that the economy was good before COVID. That's simply not true. All you have to do is go back to September 2019. Look this up, and look up the repo market, the repurchase market. This is where banks borrow from each other. And in September, it collapsed. And the Fed got involved and started injecting billions of dollars to keep the banks from failing. And so this was pri- prior to the COVID. So I-, I just want to make that point that it's just not true that the economy is doing so wonderful. The only reason why there's any activity at all is because the government is pumping trillions of dollars. What do you think this $600 a week unemployment is about? Andy, we've never done anything like that before, ever. Right. Have you? When's the last time you heard of a landlord being stuck? Somebody who hadn't paid their rent for months. What I want to know is who's taking care of the landlords? Right. You've got all these people out there that, uh, okay, great. You know, we're going to take care of the the folks who who need to pay the rent. What about the people that have loans on their loans? or excuse me, they have a loan on their, their rental property, they got to make their payments too. And so it's simply not true that our economy is doing so fantastic. You know, I used the term earlier with Jeremy, and it's absolutely true. We have all of these cheerleaders. If we look at the facts, Andy, we've still got... Oh, we lost you there? Yeah, we lost him. All right, let's go to line one. Caller, you're on with Andy. What's up this morning? Are you there? I'm here. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, what did you think I heard on a, one of the TV stations that uh, President Trump is um, suggesting that we postpone the fall presidential election to a later date? What do you think of that? Well, I, I, I have not seen the actual statement, so I, I don't, I, I've been on the air since this all broke, and, and so I don't know exactly what he said. Uh, if he's suggesting that we postpone the election, I think that's a, obviously a, a silly, silly idea and, and a horrible idea. Yeah. 
but I, I haven't seen the actual statement, so I can't really offer an edu- educated opinion on that. How about you? Well, that scares me. That's there. There's no precedent uh, uh, in American law for postponing a presidential election. I think he's um, think he's beginning to look in the mirror and see that uh, he just could lose, and he's just looking for more time uh, to hope that this thing turns around. Well, and we have a weird and, weird perspective too, because he really does not like the idea of mail in uh, voting because he feels like it can be fraudulent. But I found, at least in Washington County, and obviously this is anecdotal and, and a small uh, sample, but in Washington County, I feel like the mail in uh, voting has been a huge success. Well, it seems to me like has, it has been also. And what this signals to me about Donald Trump is you just can't trust the guy for a second term. I cannot believe, well, I can't imagine what he would do with the second term when he doesn't have to worry about reelection. I think he would really uh, try to steer us into a dictatorship that well, he would never leave uh, office. Let me let me ask you this then: what what would what would Joe Biden do better? That's the only thing I, I don't understand. There are people, a lot of people, that are critical of President Trump, but I can't see Joe Biden doing anything any better than than has been done. Can you? Oh, I I can. I think the whole Democratic Party would do better. <laughs> uh, really? Trump keeps crying about uh, his predecessor. Well. The predecessor handed him off an economy. Oh no no, was, no 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 hold hold hold! No, so you're, no, so you're no, giving you're giving finish. Obama credit for the the economy? Oh, he pulled us out of a deep almost depression. He sent us into the deep recession. No, oh, oh, I yeah, think you no, better he... go back and look. It was it was uh, W that sent us into the recession. I think you have a short memory. Mm. Mm. I that, that just. That just doesn't ring true to me at all. I, I, I'm not buying it, and, and I, I think there are a lot of people, a lot of listeners out there who are like, what are you talking about? Because uh, I, I think – and the thing about it, too, with, with President Trump, here, here's a president who doesn't take a salary. He donates his salary to charity. Okay, you may hate the guy. Maybe you hate the way he talks, the way he looks, uh, his past history with, with women, whatever. Uh, but he doesn't take a salary? I mean – but how do you explain that? If he's such a bad guy, how do you explain that part of it? Here's a guy who made a bunch of promises, like every politician does, to get elected. And he's trying to keep every one of those promises. You can say, well, I didn't like his promises. Okay, you didn't like his promises. Guess what? He still won. And those promises he made, he's tried very hard to keep every single one of those promises. And COVID-19, be damned, I mean, he had nothing to do with that. That was... that. You know, that had nothing to do with him. You know, the guy's still trying to do what he said he was going to do. And you cannot like what he said he was going to do, but at least he's trying to do it. Let's go back to the phone lines. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. What's up? Hey, I was going to maybe read the tweet that he mentioned and kind of comment on another thing that might be happening right now that some people are not aware of. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Trump said universal mail-in voting parentheses, not absentee voting, which is good, 2020 will be the most inaccurate to fraudulent election in history. Okay. So um, there's recently an uh, election in New York City, and 12,500 votes are in limbo because New York City prepaid the postage oh. for people to mail in and prepaid postage when it's 
postmarked by the mail office. Uh, it's not postmarked and dated. So there's 12,500 votes that just got nullified because there was no postmark dated. Mm. So that's actually true. I mean, what, what's going to be the rules of um, sending in mail-in voting? Is, are they going to prepay our stamp so we don't have to go to the post office and buy them? Uh, is it going to be postmarked? What are those rules? And then I don't know if this is true, but I, I personally feel that Trump is uh, putting himself in a position that the Democrats can't complain that absentee voting is is fraudulent so that um, basically he is putting himself in a position that they can't complain when he wins. Mm, and that's a good so point. When Trump was, was on the debate stage in 2016, they said, will you accept the results of the election? And he said, no, I, I, I'm not going to put myself in that position yet. And then the very thing happened to the Democrats, and they've whined to complain that they've lost and couldn't accept the election. So mm. I feel like he's these things. He tweets out these things because he wants them to go viral and put himself in a position where he has an advantage. And I, I just feel like people are just playing into his hands, uh, trending on Twitter. Um, so I don't know. That's my opinion on that. Okay. No, I appreciate it. And, and that's a, that's an interesting take on things. Uh, if if he's if the Democrats say, well, we you you got to ratify mail-in voting, it's you know it's legitimate. It would never be fraudulent, which is what they're saying basically. If Trump wins anyway with mail-in voting, they don't have a leg to stand on. That's that's a good point. Uh, you know, and and we don't know what's going to happen. The national polls have, have Biden ahead by as many as ten points. Uh, Bill Zimper, like him or hate him, he's kind of a a centrist a little bit, but uh, he he was like, well, you can't believe national polls. Number one and number two, uh, national polls don't really mean much because this isn't a popularity vote. This is a vote of who wins the electoral college, and uh, and, and so you know, I mean, Hillary Clinton technically won the popular vote, so you know. Take it all with the proverbial grain of salt. We'll take one more caller, and then we got to get uh, one or two more callers, maybe. And then we got to get uh, Mayor Humphreys on. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. How are you today? Well, good morning. Morning. What's what's going on in your world? Oh uh, well, um, not too long ago, in a coronavirus deal, the House with Nancy Pelosi pushed through and passed a deal that had to do with this coming election and mail-in ballots. And I don't know if anybody knows about it, but it's called ballot harvesting. Mm. He wants it legal nationwide. And what it is, is you get your mail-in ballot, you fill it out, and this generous little person from the Democrat Party comes by and picks it up for you. Ooh, I don't like that. Yeah. And uh, you know what's going to happen to those registered Republican ballots, don't you? Yeah, yeah, they're going to be tinkered with is what? (laughs) Uh, they're going to magically disappear. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because it has already happened in San Francisco, Chicago, Baltimore, and uh, there was one other town. But it's already happened. Liberal And he wants that nationwide legal. Mm-hmm. I guess. So all of the folks out there that think that this will be just perfectly swell and fine and dandy, the the wonderful, tolerant fair left has already proven that they can't be trusted when it comes to mail-in ballots mm, truth truth right there and it and it's scary the, the thing i mean I, we've had such a good experience here in the washington county 
uh, with the, the I mean I've seen the machine it's incredible it, it, it checks signatures and things like that I just I, I, I wish there was a way that you know we could transfer that nationally now and, and, and have it be trusted well if it goes electronic then you immediately can't trust it yeah because it can be hacked and um, everybody out there knows as well as I do that there's a cadre of people and they all lean left and turn real blue that would be glad to hack it. And if you don't believe me, just look at how many dead people vote in Democrat cities and how many of these elections have we had 112% turnout in Democrat precincts. It's a miracle, 112%. <laughs> yeah. So, right. And uh, the last caller uh, talking about presidents and Trump being so horrible and, right. you know, and morals and everything, um, well, really hate to tell it, buddy, but... Uh, You've told us for a long time how moral, wonderful, and great Bill Clinton was. And uh, let's see, a womanizer beyond what Trump could ever be and a draft dodger. Yeah, that's that's so, Slick Willie right there. All right, thanks there for the go. call. Appreciate it. All right. One more call before we go to weather. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. What's up? Oh, man, people are going to hate me because this is a complete change of subject. I just uh, run an errand, and I'm going down St. George Boulevard right at uh, Maine right there, and there's a large demonstration going on, like a parade, and there's just hundreds and hundreds of people and little children out there, and they're carrying signs, and I guess it has something to do with human trafficking. Correct. I'm against human trafficking, and it's horrible, and the thing will be on St. George News, and I'm sure your news will cover it later. But here's the deal. Uh, here, over half of the people in that parade are not wearing masks or not social distancing. They just ruined. That's all I can see. I can't see what their message is. All I can see is look at the lives you're endangering, and you just don't get it. And I don't care if Trump's going to wear a mask or not. You better listen to the people who are in the know, and you better get a mask on. Those people over there absolutely disappointed me beyond any measure. That's That was it. That was all I have. Thanks a million. Yeah, thanks for the call. Interesting. Why Why wouldn't they? I mean, if they're, it's exactly what he said. The, if they're trying to put a message out there, you know, awareness of what, what a big problem human trafficking is, uh, and yet the major distraction, anybody's going to look at that, they're going to go, oh, well, human trafficking is uh, is bad, but so is not wearing a mask. I'm completely distracted. It's a red-hot topic, but we've got to take a break. Uh, uh, Mayor Brand- Brandon Humphreys from Enterprise City is coming up right after this uh, quick timeout. Welcome back to the program. I'm Andy Griffin. It's 936 on a Mayor Thursday. And today we have uh, someone that we've never had on this show before. It is Enterprise Mayor Brandon Humphreys. Brandon, how are you today? Very fine, thank you. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you for calling into this show and being a part of things today. I uh, I had to, we get the fifth Tuesday or fifth Thursday occasionally during the month, and uh, I was looking around for a mayor to get, and I thought, you know, I don't think I've ever had the Enterprise Mayor on the show, so I uh, gave you a call. You were gracious enough to agree to come on to the show and talk a little bit about your town. Thank you so much for that. You bet. We appreciate the opportunity to let people know that we're the sometimes the forgotten community of Washington County on the very north side of the of the county. 
Yeah, you guys uh, aren't that far away, but sometimes, what are you, like 45 miles or something away? But it, sometimes it feels like 500 miles away because you guys aren't quite on that I-15 corridor. And we like it that way, quite frankly. <laughs> but uh, with the excessive heat warnings that are going on that are going on in southern Utah today, Enterprise is a beautiful place to come. We're usually 10 to 15 degrees cooler during the summertime, and it's a beautiful place to visit right now. Elevation, I think, went up over 5,000 feet there. So you guys do get some snow and stuff, right? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. But uh, you also don't get the 110 like we're experiencing later on this afternoon. So uh, uh, when I think of Enterprise, first thing, I, first thing that pop into my head, two things. Uh, first of all, uh, Enterprise High School had great baseball teams. Back when I first started covering sports in southern Utah, it was in the, in the 90s. And uh, Enterprise always had a top-notch state championship quality baseball program. In fact, for a while, you even played fall baseball before, before you picked up football again. And then the other thing is, of course, your sweet corn out there in enterprise can you talk about those two things mayor absolutely we actually have a very um incredible baseball team coming up this year last year we were very close to a state championship in fact we played in the state championship um fell fell just a little bit short but our baseball program continues to be very strong and then of course what most people know us for is the corn fest that's coming up on august 29th of this year with covid and all the crazy just a month away, and with all the crazy things going on, we're hoping to have an event that people can come and relax and enjoy themselves. We'll be outside. We're hoping that it's not going to be too awfully hot, and people can come up and, and enjoy our community and, and, like you say, enjoy the, enjoy the sweet corn that we produce. Now, that, that uh, is, is famous. I, I, I don't know if it's world famous, but it's certainly famous regionally here for how sweet your corn is. I, I mean, I don't know a lot about agriculture, Brandon, but uh, can you tell me how you guys get your corn so sweet? Is there a secret or is it uh, genetics? I don't know what it is. Well, you, you ask the local farmers, and they're pretty reluctant to tell you ah. the exact seed that they use and some of their secrets. But primarily it's because of the high desert that we live in, the elevation that's here. The cool nights and the warm days actually really help build the sugars in the corn, and that's what one of the best things. Of course, we say it's our, it's our sweet water as well that makes it nice and sweet. But, yes, it's, it's a combination of altitude. It's a combination of people's love for growing it, and it's been successful for, well, the Corn Fest has been going on since 1990. So that's 30 years ago that mm. we started the Corn Fest, and... There's actually local growers who have their early crops of corn are available. They'll be available this weekend. They're on Main Street in Enterprise. Yeah, and we had actually I had a caller who lives in Central said he's going to get a shipment of corn from Enterprise and and uh, sell some of that too this weekend. So, uh, all right. So obviously corn is important and corn is a big part of things. You guys have the big festival, but that's not just what Enterprise is about. Uh, if I say the word Hebron, uh, what does that mean to you, Mayor? There's a lot of I, I actually have ancestors who who came and settled Hebron when it was first when it was first settled, and a lot of people don't know that that old Hebron even exists. Mm-hmm. Um, it was up the canyon from us, just underneath of the big and lower Enterprise reservoirs that currently exist today. And in the early nineteen, I think it was 1902 that the great earthquake happened, and it completely destroyed the town of Hebron. Oh, I and didn't that's know that. When the most of the that's when most of the settlers from Hebron actually moved to Enterprise. Enterprise was settled in nineteen in eighteen ninety six, just two months after Utah was was obtained statehood. 
And and then in 1902, after the earthquake, they most of the settlers from Hebron, they abandoned old Hebron and moved to Enterprise at that time. Hmm, I, I did not know that. Now, Enterprise right now has, uh, what, close to 2,000 uh, residents? Yeah, just around 1,900, so just okay. under 2,000 residents. We're growing at a at a consistent growth. A lot of the a lot of the kids who grew up here have moved back to town, and we like that. And we're getting people from all over the country that are moving here, and we like it that way. Now, how often do you, when you're traveling around, how often do you have to explain to people where Enterprise Utah is? Quite. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't travel much outside of southern Utah. I'm kind mm-hmm. of a homeboy and like okay. to stay here. But uh yeah, when you get outside of when you get outside of Utah, there's not very many people who know where our tucked away little community is. Um when we say southern Utah, of course, everybody knows where southern Utah is. Utah's Dixie is very popular throughout the world. And we consider ourselves a almost a suburb of St. George. I don't know if Mayor Pike would agree with that or not, but we're pretty close to that. <laughs> I, no, I'm okay and, with that. Uh, yeah. And so we use that we use that term to tell our location quite frequently with people who don't know where we where we live. When when I opened the show, I was talking about Enterprise. I had uh, a friend who lived in Enterprise and worked in St. George uh, in the past, and now I have a friend who lives in St. George and drives to Enterprise for work. So it goes both ways. We we have a lot of that. In fact, a lot of a lot of our a lot of our people who live here commute to St. George and Cedar City for work, and and U eighteen going to and from St. George is very very busy in the in the early mornings and in the late afternoons with people who are living in the different locations and coming here to work. Um, over the years, we were primarily started as a farming community, and now we've obviously with the, with the growth of the school system and with, with uh, Vail and Central, Pine Valley, Brookside coming to our school, it's changed a lot of, a lot of how we have been in enterprise just serving enterprise people. So we get a lot of people from outside of our general community that come here for work as well as for school and and grocery shopping and other things as well. Do uh, besides the school, is there industry and enterprise uh, businesses and things? There are. We've got right now. There's a big solar project that's just finishing up, and that's drawn a lot of people here. It's actually on the Iron County side of our valley, but that's brought a lot of people out of St. George and Cedar as well. We have a dairy that exists over in Newcastle, which is about 15 miles away. Mm-hmm. And and shy of that, the farming operation pretty well brings pretty well keeps the people here busy but the school system the school system is what usually brings the the people to our community we have school quite a few school teachers that travel from outside that come to our community just uh, it kind of reminds me uh, uh, by newcastle is a town called burl uh and and uh, my when i was first in town here i i had always burl it just seemed like how you would say it and we had a new uh, editor at the newspaper i was working at and he said hey i need somebody to drive out to barrel I said, barrel? What? I never heard of that. What are you talking about? Is there like a barrel outside? No, I had to explain to him it was Burl. But, uh, yeah, for whatever reason, that stuck in my mind after all these years. But uh, Enterprise, of course, uh, is uh, just, just uh, what did you say, just north of us? Is that the right direction? It is straight north straight, straight north. north of St. George, 40, 44 to 44 miles. Um Depending on how fast you go, you can get here in anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes. It's a beautiful drive up through Mountain Meadows and, and up over the top of, of what we call the Cottonwood Pass. And it's a, 
It's nestled in the southernmost part of the Great Basin. So we are actually in a different drainage. Uh, you guys are in the Colorado River drainage, and mm-hmm. we're in the Great Basin drainage. Oh, okay. Uh, what about history? We were talking a little bit about when the town was settled. Are there some pretty? Oh, are there some buildings from back in 1898? There are. <clears throat> we have a, a historic building here in town. We call the Heritage Hall that's still used for wedding receptions and family reunions, and mm. that's where our our water board actually meets with the Reservoir and Canal Company. Which is which was one of the reasons why Enterprise was formed was the de, was the de- decision to build the upper reservoir and provide a sustainable amount of water to the settlers here in the valley. I was just thinking, uh, my wife and I ought to jump in the car on Saturday and drive out to Enterprise because if you are ten to fifteen to twenty degrees cooler than here, that's attraction number one. Number two is history a, a little bit. Well, can you tell us a little bit more some of the history about Enterprise? Yes, that we were actually up to the dam yesterday going over with the state water engineer. That was the biggest draw to people in this valley. There's fertile soil and lots mm. of it in this valley. But, of course, for the early settlers, as you well know, and as most people on your show well know, Andy, that water was the biggest contributing factor for settlements in, yeah. in the early statehood. And it still is today, but we have a lot, a lot of different abilities to get water out of the ground, obviously, with wells and pumping but the reservoir was a was a key instrument in bringing in bringing that water to the valley. We uh, we've experienced even through COVID nineteen a lot of uh, growth here in St. George. Houses still being built, price home values still going up. What is the real estate market like in Enterprise? It is a, a mirror image of what it is in St. George right oh, now. Property okay. values continue to increase, not at the same rate, but fairly consistent, and are. Our growth of our growth and new homes being built are as big as they ever have been. If I say had uh, you know maybe three hundred thousand dollars to put on a house, that's not going to get you much in St. George. Maybe a condo, but what about an enterprise? You could buy a very nice home, build a very nice home. I don't know if there's very many on the market directly today because most of the homes that are on the market don't stay there very long. But you could build a very nice home in Enterprise for three hundred thousand. Hmm, okay. Well, maybe I'll do that someday. <laughs> if there you, if, there if you go. Good me. place for you to retire to. You bet. <laughs> we bre- would invite you to come anytime. How long have you been mayor now, Brandon? This is my third year, so I've got one more year. Uh, one more year in my term, and we'll see what happens after that. Oh, you're not going to commit. You're not going to say I'm going to run again or not, right? I I don't try to commit on things that are that far in the future. <laughs> All right, I like that man man who uh, takes it one day at a time. That's good. Now, what you do you, bet. What do you do? We don't have a full time mayor in in the entirety of Southern Utah. I assume that uh, your mayor job is a, a kind of a side gig. What 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 else do you do for a living, Brandon? I've I've got a ranching operation that I've taken over that's been in our family for six generations. That's oh, wow. my that's what I do for a hobby. <laughs> I, I own John Septic Service and that's what keeps the food on the table and keeps the house payment paid. And and then I'm the water master as well up here for the for the Enterprise um, Canal Company. Wow, wow. So you've got uh, what, that four hats or five? I guess you're if we count dad and, and, and husband and stuff like that, then you've got a bunch of hats. Yes, yes. It can be kind of confusing on an hour-to-hour basis at my place. You don't quite know how to answer the phone, I guess, huh? 
Let's, Sometimes I know how not to answer the phone, too. Oh, good good point. Good point. Uh, let, let me do this. i got to get a commercial break in. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit okay. more about Enterprise and uh, some of the reasons that if you, you know, to, for us to maybe want to go out there and if you guys even want us out there. We'll talk about that when we come back. Joe Shoney is a local loan consultant serving Southern Utah for more than 25 years. You go online to the online surveys, and I'm telling you, if you can get 4.9 stars, 4.91 stars out of 5, that's an incredible incredible record let me read you a couple of reviews five stars from robert h and enoch he says patience in work uh, joe had patience in working with us promptness in answering our questions ability to resolve problems along the way let's scroll down to uh, this is john in st george said joe and his people we dealt with were very helpful and pleasant to deal with they all made us feel as family and did everything they could to help us all done with a smile many thanks and one more this is cheryl and Perwin. thank you all for working so hard to get my loan approved and closed joe shoney your local loan consultant that focuses on customer service how to get a hold of them 435-590-6300 is a phone number 435-590-6300 or you can email joe it's joe.shoney s-c-h-o-n-e-y at n-a-f-i-n-c.com Welcome back to the Andy Griffin Show. I'm Andy, and thanks for tuning in. Mayor Brandon Humphreys from Enterprise City is uh, with me today via the telephone. Brandon, again, thank you for coming on the program. appreciate it. My pleasure. Um, Let's talk a little bit about current issues in the world. Um, You're mayor of a big city. You've got a lot of really, really scary things to talk about. Uh, What about the mayor of a small town? Let's start with with COVID-19. Obviously, it's touched the whole world. Uh, As far as enterprise is concerned, how has COVID-19 affected that town? Obviously, COVID, you know, any any group of people that's larger than 100, I think Dr. Blodgett said, you're going to have an effect of COVID. And we have had several positive cases in, in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't had anybody that has been generally hospitalized or died of COVID in our community. But our, our people are very aware of COVID. Um, they've prepared for it, done the best they could. We ourselves are trying to do our, our best to contain um, what we can on COVID. I know there's a lot of information out there on it, and some of it is credible and some of it is speculation. Um, our schools are currently going to open up. We're going to open our school as other Washington County schools are going to open up, and we're excited for that to hopefully get us somewhat back to what we consider to be a normal schedule, if you will. Yeah, ish, and normal-ish. <laughs> Yeah, normal-ish. It'll be interesting to see what third and fourth graders and second graders do with a mask on their face. I'm kind of thinking that's going to be more of a comedy show than it is anything else. But uh, at least we can get certain things back to to normal, as we call it normal, in that regard. I did make a public statement in our city council meeting last week that wasn't very popular amongst some people. Uh Uh-oh. That I I will never mandate a mask in the city of enterprise as long as we can possibly hold off on it because i believe that that's people's private choice to to protect themselves if they can some people don't think that that was very popular but i think that it's important that we understand that we're a free country and that people need to exercise that freedom as we give them accurate information we hope they will be able to use that information for their betterment and take care of their own private health when, when I was calling and first trying to get a hold of you, I talked with a uh, 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 beautiful-sounding lady at your Enterprise City office. I forget her name now. Maybe you can help me. 
Uh, Mary Lee or Wendy? Wendy. It was Wendy. And, and she said, I, I said something to the effect of, uh, well, we'll talk about the history of enterprise and we'll talk about, and we might bring up some current issues like, uh, you know, masks and COVID-19. And she, uh, she said, oh, well, he definitely has an opinion on that. Now I know what she was talking about. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, and you're following suit with the governor. The governor, at least to this point, still has not mandated masks. He suggested that we wear them, but he hasn't said we have to wear them. And uh, I'm I'm good with that too, Mayor. So I'm I'm on the same page with you there. Now, yeah, it it's something that's definitely it. There, there's a lot of different opinions on that. A lot of lot of controversy going back and forth. And we'll just leave it at that at this point. Yeah. Well. Well said. Uh, now, you mentioned hospitalizations. I'm curious what the medical services are like there in Enterprise because you're just far enough away from St. George that obviously if, if there's an emergency, we can't send someone from here. No, we actually, within the city organization, we actually have a volunteer-ran um, fire and EMS, which is our emergency services. We have currently three ambulances that we keep staffed by our volunteers and by two full-time um, employees here at the city. And so, obviously, Dixie Regional, I don't think they call it Dixie Regional, but it's always going to be Dixie Regional Medical Center to me. Yeah, um, me that, too. That yeah. is our hospital of choice, and that's where we take our patients to. We have a very rapid response time to those patients. We do also have a small clinic here where we have two or three PAs that work under a doctor that's out of St. George that, okay. that takes care of the that takes care of the general needs when it comes to vaccinations and when it comes to to uh, your general health stuff for for the kids to be able to go to to participate in the school activities they have to have physicals and things like that and that is offered here at our clinic so we we do have that clinic here it's a it's handy for us to have that but if we do need if we do need um, more care than what they provide we do transport to st george and and we'll we'll transport on it i can't even remember what the average is but uh, yesterday for instance we had three calls where the ambulance went on on three calls and we also service down to brookside so we service central and pine valley as well hmm. now do you have a police force or is that uh, fall under washington county sheriff yeah it falls under washington county sheriff and we do have a contract with washington sheriff a, a mutual aid agreement with washington county sheriff where they do provide a little bit more than what would normally be provided um, with a contract with them, and they do an incredible job. We love our sheriff's department; they do a great job for us. And and um, so far, um, the crime rate has been very low and very minimal. And with the exception of a few crazy teenage kids that drive their ATVs too fast, we're <laughs> usually in pretty good shape. You know, we we had uh, uh, some other smaller town uh, mayors on, and and uh, and a lot of them have come up with their own police force which is exorbitantly expensive but uh their their problem was that they were not getting reaction time from the police force in time it was 20 minutes instead of four minutes or or whatever uh is that something that you guys have considered or is it at this point you're, you're pretty satisfied we we have considered that obviously the expense is a huge portion of that mm-hmm um, the reaction time that we have when we do have a, an incident with the county sheriff's department, sometimes those times are lagging, but we find that the, with the support that they actually have to give to us, it's by far worth it for us to use them as our law enforcement, our primary law enforcement. We have in, in years past, we, even, even as soon as two years ago, we had a local, we had a local um, sheriff that we had here. Um, that was deputized through the city. 
it worked well for us to a certain degree, but the resources, the backup resources, just are not there with a single with a single marshal in town that we would need in the case that we have something bigger than that. So, so far it's worked well for us, and we hope that that continues. And if if things change, we will reconsider what we're doing, and and we hope that we don't have to go to that. But if we do, we will consider it at the time. Now, you guys are uh, uh, about, uh, actually, Cedar is almost as close, or is it as close as St. George to you guys? It is as close. If you're, It depends on what block you're in in Enterprise, whether it's closer to go to Cedar or to St. George. They're within, they're within one mile of each other. Now, the first thing you'll notice if you, you, know, if you drive to Enterprise from St. George is the, the uh, Mountain Meadow Massacre site. Uh, is that something that is talked about in Enterprise, or is that something that nobody really wants to talk about what happened there? Or I, I, For a while, it was very controversial. It still is controversial, is but it is one thing that we accept. It's one thing that we accept in, in part of the history that existed there. Um, Mountain Meadows is definitely a beautiful place. It's a, for some, it's a sacred place to go and visit. But, uh, yeah, we, we will have the discussion on Mountain Meadows at any time. I will personally have the discussion on Mountain Meadows at any time, as I will with any historic event that has taken place. Hindsight being twenty twenty, we can obviously see what could have been done there to be a little bit better, especially for um, history. Mm-hmm. But by the, same, by the same token, I think we need to look at those historic events like that and learn from them so that we hope to not make the same mistakes that our early ancestors made. That's well said. Not only with Mountain Meadow, but uh, also with the uh, slavery issues and other other you know statues being torn down. And Brandon, I'd love to. I, we could sit here and chat all day, but unfortunately, we're out of time. I thank you so much for coming on the show, and, and uh, we all got to learn a little bit more about Enterprise, and and uh, hopefully we can all get out there. What was the Corn Fest again? What was the date on that? Corn Fest is August 29th. It starts, I believe, it starts at 10 o'clock. I'm not exactly sure on the time, but it's at our new city park on Fourth Fourth East and fourth south you won't be able to miss it when you drive into town there'll be signs all over that'll tell you exactly where it is and there'll be all kinds of activities